Hey, you guys. I am so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Caleb Brown. If you guys have not heard of Caleb Brown yet, this is going to be a great introduction for you to learn about his music and his career. And we're so glad to have him on the show. He hails from Sulphur Springs, Texas. And Caleb Brown is a singer songwriter known for his crooning ballads and his melodic voice, most of which revolves around his sober themes, which talks about loss, abandonment, heartbreak, and yearning. In his formative years as a musician, he was influenced by Otis Redding and Al Green, who are two artists who I love to death, especially Al Green. After a rather tragic end to a chapter in his life, he set his sights on perfecting and releasing his art to a public audience in the hopes that someone listening could connect with his music. After the release of his debut album entitled Pigeons to Doves, Caleb began to grow into his own and mold himself into the kind of artist he aspired to be. And we're grateful, Caleb, to have you here on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. It's a real honor. Well, the honor is mine, too. I always love talking to new artists and people who maybe my audience may not even have heard of before. And I think that you have an amazing voice, so I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. All right. So, Caleb, I'm going to jump right into these questions. So if you're ready, we're going to do some fast questions and give me the best answer first thing that comes to mind. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. So he has a song called Used. And do you ever have days when you feel your energy level is near empty? And what is one of the most important things you do to refuel yourself, if so? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of the, the struggles about being a musician is that most of the time the uh, the music doesn't pay the bills. So uh, I'm a full-time uh, worker working at a pharmacy here in, in Texas. Uh, so lots of days I do find myself kind of depleted. Um, and what's funny, and it may sound cliche, but but coming home and actually spending time with my own music um, where I can reflect on kind of my feelings or uh, or things like that uh, is a real big help to me as well as uh, I got two dogs, uh, Kimmy and Misha, two little pugs. And just being around them really kind of just kind of, uh, you know, makes me comfortable. So uh, they, they're a real help to me. I love that. I mean, one thing I love are animals. Everyone knows that. And um, I lost two of my pets, uh, one through Hurricane Katrina. And then the other one, we ended up getting back later. And we had to give them to a family because we couldn't um, keep them in our hotel when we were displaced. And I just remember just, it was kind of like heartbreaking, you know, of course, losing something that meant the world to you, but it just reminded me of how precious life was and just being able to come home and, and to have your animals jump in your lap and just laugh with them. I mean, that's just, that's just, it was such a great moment. I right. had so many great years with those pets, but for me, I know with my energy, when I get kind of low, I do a lot of meditation and deep breathing. And um, that's always kind of recentered me, but I know about losing energy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that about that experience with the, with the hurricane Katrina, that, that must've been a terrible thing to go through. So I'm so sorry. And I appreciate that. I mean, I always tell people I survived and that's always something that just reminds me of moving forward that I can't think of everything as a negative. And I, I turned it around and say that I can, paved the way for others. And if it wasn't for me surviving the storm, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today. So 
I try to look at it that way. Absolutely. That's a good way of looking at it. That's good. All right. You ready for question two? I think so. I think so. Okay. So the song we're going to talk about is Make Up Your Mind. So the question I have is, can you give our listeners an example of a decision that you made in the past that you wish that you could redo? And do you ever struggle with being indecisive about the music you're recording or releasing to the public? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, there, there's plenty of things I could I could uh, could redo. Um, you know, that that's kind of the uh, in a way, it's kind of the beauty of life, though, you know. Uh, all all the decisions that I have made have have placed me in the situation I'm in now. Um, so for better or worse, I can't, uh, you know, I can't go back and 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 change something uh, because because I am here and and I'm happy in my own space as well. Um, uh, um, what was the the second part of the question? I'm sorry. This, oh, the the second part was: um, Do you struggle sometimes with being indecisive about the music you record or release? That's right. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm something of a perfectionist myself, uh, and so sometimes I find it actually hard when I'm when I'm creating music in my own head. It's kind of like my baby, uh, you know. I so so I'm, I'm I'm nurturing it and I'm writing and caring for it. And so it's hard for me to actually bring it out to a public because you're kind of, I'm kind of putting my heart in my hands in a way. So a lot of the times it is, it's, it's difficult for me too. Um, but at the same time, you know, once I think I've written something that is, is quality and that I enjoy and that I like, I can really only hope that someone else can get something from that as well. So sometimes I just have to say, you know what? Okay, we're doing it. You know, this, this is what, how we're going to do it. And if I could do something different, uh, in the future, we'll 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 get there at some point, but I got to do it now. So sometimes I just have to force myself to to uh, to do it. I think, Caleb, that's me as well. I'll tell you, like in the beginning of my writing and releasing stuff, I was like, "Man, this is going to sound terrible, or people are not going to read it, or they're going to have a reaction um, to something that I've released." And I was so nervous about like my book writing, and even with the start of the podcast. Um, I'm like, does my voice sound this way? Like when you listen back, you're like, oh Lord, I sound like that. And so it can can be one of the funniest things when you kind of listen back or just being around other people and them giving you feedback. And I love constructive feedback. So if something's off and someone can respectfully say, hey, this this wasn't it, or maybe you should have done that. I'm I'm all for redirection. I think as a musician, that's a a great way of looking at it is where you are in the moment. And then hopefully in the future, when you start releasing more music, you know, you'd be like, Hey, I can look back and see my journey in life. What was I going through and how does that music help others? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's kind of, it's kind of the journey, you know, that we're always on. And, and that's, that's kind of the cool thing with you as well about book writing. You, you have a something tangible that you can look back to a part of your life. I mean, a lot of my music up to this point, you know, I may look at it today and be like, oh, I could have, you know, I, that could have been done a lot differently or, or, oh, I maybe shouldn't have written that line or I could have said this, but, you know, there's, there's, again, there's no sense in crying over spilled milk. You know, I have to, to say, you know what, this is the stage that I was in. This is kind of how I was feeling. And I can't, I can't lie about that. I just have to be honest. So that's always what I kind of strive for. I love that, Caleb. And you know, one thing that you can always use as a, as a great example 
is just like remixing your song. So like maybe if there's a lyric that you didn't have in the original and you do like a remake of it, like a remastered version of it in the future, you could always add that line to it and it'd be great for you, like your fans to go back and listen and see, oh wait, that's not like the original and it can hopefully catch it. That might be even like a good trick that some musicians could start doing is like changing a few like minor lyrics and seeing if the super fans can actually catch it or see if <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of like a game at that point, you know. You're only a real fan if you can actually catch that. <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I got another question for you, Caleb. And the next one is I know you're old. So if you can tell mm-hmm. us, this is probably gonna be a hard one for you, but um, can you <laughs> tell us who was one of your biggest musical influences so far in your career? And then the second part of that question is, what is one of the oldest records that you still listen to today? And it can be from the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot, and it's a very wide range of musicians. So, you know, when I first started uh, really being interested in writing my own stuff, it um, it was a lot of Bob Dylan. Um, and there were bands such as Sigurós, um, an Icelandic kind of post-rock band that's very melodic, has very beautiful, beautiful sound. Um, and then today, you know, there's there's musicians like Matt Corby or Leif Volebeck. Um, so I, I, I kind of take a lot of different direction, um, you know, and, and actually, well, yeah, as of today, I mean, we're talking about Al Green and Otis Redding. I mean, that's kind of the direction that I'm going for now as well, that kind of back to my roots of, that's that's really what the music that I enjoy listening to the most. Um, and as for uh, the record that I spin from that time, probably would be the Free Wheel and Bob Dylan. It's just always a classic, acoustic, beautiful, beautifully written uh, album. And so sometimes I kind of go back to that, man, and I enjoy listening to it. Uh, it's kind of with a fresh ear. I love that. I love Bob Dylan. No, let's just there you go. There. See, yeah, that, that's it's he's a, it's a great musician. I mean, how many people has he influenced over the years? Yes. You know, I know. Like Neil Diamond is another one. I mean, Barry Manilow. Um, mm-hmm. I go back to Fleetwood Mac. I love Landslide. It was one of my favorite songs, and it just is something about it. And I've heard some of the people do different renditions of it. That's one song that stands out. But my favorite male artist when growing up was People Bryson which I love people Bryson's voice. And one of my favorite songs he did was Feel the Fire. And so just growing up and I used to play his greatest hit CD so bad to it scratched it. <laughs> I used to, I was like, Wear I wore the whole thing out. My mom was like, really? And then in New Orleans, they had a, a casino. It was called Bally's Casino when I was young. And I'll never forget, my mom was like, when you get to be a certain age, I'm going to take you to go hear him sing because she knew how much I love people, Bryson. And the funniest part about that was, was that yeah. right before I turned 21, all the stuff with Katrina happened. So I never got a chance to see him. So it, I'm like, man, and he's still performing. So hopefully oh, one God. day people, Bryson, will hear me on here and I can interview him. I mean, that guy has just such range and just was someone who I've always admired as a musician. Exactly right. People, Bryson, if you're out there listening, we want you on Black Canvas. Like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> ASAP. 
And Tori Kelly knows I've already, I've been trying to get her fans, everybody to get her on here. Like those are the two people, like it will make my dream come true. I mean, I've talked to a lot of amazing people already, but those are two people I really admire. So, all right. So I, we have another one for you. I'm already bleeding. So can you tell us the last time that you cried, the last time your heart was broken, and how did you mend your broken heart? Ooh, that's a beautiful song by Al Green, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bee Gees, but Al Green did it. Um, yes. Uh, well, I'm, it's it's one of the it's kind of one of the goals that I that I have. Um, so I mean, growing up, I was always a very uh, sensitive child, so a sensitive boy, especially. And, uh, you as a man, you know, in, in today's, uh, environment, it's becoming more acceptable to be sensitive to your, to your feelings as a man, um, which is one of the great things I think. So what I've always tried to do, especially with my music is let people know these are these are very real feelings, you know, having your heart broken and, and crying and things like that. That's nothing to be afraid of just because you are a man. You know, it's a lot of people were raised as to to, you know, rub some dirt in it or, you know, you're you're a boy. Boys don't cry. Things like that, which is absolute trash. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I cried. Uh, I'm a sucker for for sad movies. <laughs> there's a there's a movie with Jim Carrey, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is probably one of my <laughs> favorites. Um, and that movie is just plain sad. And so every anytime I see it, uh, you, you'll you'll find some tears coming down. Um, and uh, yeah, last time my heart heart got broken, I got a full album over it. <laughs> you know, I uh, was <laughs> was young and <laughs> and I got married and. Uh, you know, that didn't work out uh, uh, as much as I had wanted it to in the time. Um, and again, it really sounds cliche, like, oh, you know, music saved me, things like that. But that's really, at that time, it was very dark and and depressing for me, you know, uh, things like suicidal ideation and, and all, all the things that kind of come with that. And getting back i mean at that point i wasn't writing music for several years so coming back and kind of rediscovering my desire and and style and that really gave me the voice that i felt like i didn't have at that time so writing all that music and getting support from people um who i knew or people who i didn't know was really what helped me out of that dark time Thank you so much, Caleb, for sharing it. I know that is a hard thing to talk about. And I've done an actual, I've done a few um, podcasts. So if you guys want to go back and listen, where we talked about suicide and we talked about depression. But if someone is suicidal and they're listening to this call, make sure you tell someone, call 911. There's a suicide number that you can also reach. Go to NAMI, which deals with um, the National Association, which deals with mental health. Um, there's so many things out there that will help people. But yeah, when marriages fall apart, relationships, you sometimes see people try that to self-soothe themselves with drugs, alcohol, sex, um, eating, you know, there's many different vices people can turn to. And then also self-mutilation or hurting themselves um, can definitely become something that people can turn mm -hmm. to. And so 
Um, I think it's great that you talked about that because sometimes drowning your tears into your music, but also sharing openly and letting people know, hey, something's off or someone maybe catching it before, you know, the attempt happened or a negative feeling gets to a point where it exacerbates where no one can assist. I feel like that's a great thing that you've just mentioned. Um, I go back to like Robin Williams, who is one of my favorite comedians of all time. And it was just such, I, I cried like a baby when I found out he had died mm -hmm. because he was a part of my childhood, my middle school years, my adult years. Yep. And you just never know what someone is going through that can lead them to that, to making a decision. And it's not committing suicide. It's actually the terminology that they're changing it to is completing suicide. Um, because when you think of committing, it sounds like a crime. And most people who are having those thoughts, mm -hmm. they want to live. They want to be there or they maybe don't know how to live. And they're, they're dealing with a lot of other stress, either internal, external, or intrinsic or extrinsic motivators may have deplenished over the time and they, they don't know how to manage their lives. And so thank you for sharing that. I know that is not an easy thing to talk about, but I think it makes you stronger that you're able to, to be honest and open about that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, and yeah, if you are out there and, and having suicidal thoughts, please, we love you. Uh, you know, you got somebody who you, you don't even know, doesn't even know you, but I love you, you know, and I think it's great that they actually changing that from, like you said, committing suicide, you know, that it's, it's not a crime. It's, 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 that's very real, deep, intense feeling. And um, I think that's great. But of course. Thank you so much, Gail, for sharing that. So we got another one. We're going to go to a light note, you guys. We're going to talk about I Want You, which is another song. So what is one thing that you may, let me turn that around. Let me, when you perform, what's one thing that you cannot perform without when you're going on a gig, either if it's in a club or if you're even in a studio, something you need to perform or to sing. And then a second part of that question is what is one musician or current top 40 artist that you would love to work with? Ooh, um, well, uh, uh, that is that's two very good questions <laughs> um so normally whenever i'm singing uh you know i'm performing live i also have a pretty pretty bad case of social anxiety which is funny as a as a musician you know like putting myself up on the stage but uh at the same time you're kind of a you're kind of playing a character you know i was in it was in theater in high school and so at at part of it is kind of like, well, it's not actually me. You know, it's not the, the Caleb that I am. It's the Caleb, the musician. So sometimes that kind of helps me actually just kind of calm myself, um, you know, just from getting those really bad shakes and, and, uh, and things like that. Um, so, so really just trying to be kind of, kind of present um, really motivates me and kind of helps me get through. Um, and as far as a musician that I would like to work with, I'm not very, um, I, I don't listen to much, I guess, popular music, as you could say nowadays. Although I do think that, um, I do think a mainstream rapper, somebody like J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar, even though I don't listen to, to rap very often, I think it would be really cool to work with somebody like that because I think those two guys have a lot of things to say 
um, in a genre that is kind of overwhelmed with, with, you know, uh, not really the, the best themes. And those guys have some songs that like actually talk about their feelings, meditating, um, things of that nature. And I think it would be really cool to, to work with one of them um, in, in a project like that. That sounds cool. I have two people who I was thinking of. I, I would love for you to work with. There's actually one artist who I think, have you heard of James Arthur before? Uh, yes, I have. I have. I think like the two of you guys with your voice and his voice, I think would just be a great blend of music. I would love to see what y'all would come up with. Um, And then the second artist who I thought would be really good is Alessia Cara, who did um, Scars to Your Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful voice. I mean, she is just amazing. So that's another one. And then maybe a third one would be Khalid. I mean, I love um, everything he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows Khalid's one of my favorite artists. So, I mean, I would love to see what y'all could cook up. That would be, like, really cool, something like that. The three of them, I think, would be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of getting in the age where I want to collaborate now, too. So maybe that's shooting for the skies. But if any of y'all are out there, any top 40 musicians, and you like my voice, please, please. (laughs) Well, Caleb, I'm, like, a bottom 40 (laughs) artist, but – which yeah. is, I, I think we can make it work a little. I, we, we have to work on a song together. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for it. So I'll send you some voice memos. You just put a whole bunch of audio on it. Just just auto tune the heck out of it, and then we just have a good time. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good. You, we may surprise ourselves, my friend. You never know. I mean, I I did record my theme song for for this show, so I I do pat myself on that. I'm like, I came up with the lyrics. It sounds all right. (laughs) There you go. A little feather in the cap, right? You never know. (laughs) All right. So, Caleb, you did really great on those questions. I have a few more for you. So let's kind of go into your biggest challenge so far in your career. What's one been one of your biggest challenges and can you next tell us about your debut album? What went into you creating Pigeons to Doves? Yes. Um, so I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges, uh, you know, again, uh, stepping back from the, that kind of social anxiety and perfectionism, um, those were two things that really kept me from actually ever putting my music out until I was, I don't know, 25, 25 years old, something like that. Um, so that was kind of a real roadblock for me. Um, and, but again, you know, especially, uh, I, I released one single, um, a Christmas song that I'd written in, uh, in about, I don't know, 30 minutes, something like that, which it, at that time it just, man, it was just pouring out, you know, it was, that was pretty, pretty close after, after the divorce and all that stuff and was still going through things. Um, and then I actually did that while I was recording the album and, I have a great friend here uh, in in Sulphur Springs where I'm located, uh, Heath Robinson. And he was kind of the mastermind for kind of pushing me in the nicest ways to be a better uh, musician. And so whenever he was helping me record that album, you know, I was mixing, he was mixing for me and and things like that, playing some, some musicians on the, on the tracks. And, um, but it was, but it was great. It was like, I was, I was just slowly, during that, during writing, uh, or excuse me, during recording Pigeons to Doves, 
it, it was a great experience because it was just a, it was a slow churn of, you know, really getting my feet kind of settled in, in my music and, and not having to be so afraid to say what I wanted to do and, and building that dynamic and that chemistry, which I think served a really great purpose for me uh, where I am now. Okay. I love that. And I I wanted to find out what's your favorite song? Do you have a favorite Ooh, song? From uh album? yes, probably. Um it would probably have to be A Better Plan, which is the final the final track. Um <clears throat> or Stay Out Back, um, which is right after the the title track, Pigeons to Doves. Um and just because those two are absolutely the most raw emotional songs that I've ever written. Um, I mean, uh, at least on, on a personal level, you know, uh, stay out back was the first song that I wrote um, on that album. You know, that, that was the first thing that I'd written. And uh, on my back porch, there's a really large tree and there's uh, it was in the springtime and the leaves were, were going. And uh at that point I was like not even wanting to go inside because it was the same home that I associated with my marriage and things like that. So the opening line is, I think I'll stay out back, smoke beer and drink cigarettes because at that time I was just heavily self-medicating and things like that. Um, but that's just the most raw, raw emotional songs that I have. And they're my favorite because I feel like maybe someone out there has that same experience and perhaps they're not a musician and they don't know how to speak it, but I've had people, a couple of people, you know, that were just like, I've been through something similar and this song really helped me, you know, it was beautiful. I, I relate to it. And that's just the best thing the best gift you can ever give me is just to tell me that you relate and that you enjoyed it or you cried to it. That's the biggest gift you can give me. <laughs> well, Caleb, I have cried. to. No way. Music, really? So. <laughs> yeah. I'm an emotional person. Everybody knows that about me in my full-time job. Um, I can't show as much emotion as I would like to um, because I have to remain professional as a counselor. There's certain times I hear things and I'm like, oh, man, I want to just give you a hug right now. And I just can't. And especially with COVID, it makes it even harder where even if I was role playing where I might be able to play a role to give a hug, I just can't with the physical distancing. And so that's been difficult. But yeah, I love music. Music always makes me emotional, um, whether if I'm laughing, or I'm crying or I'm upset or something hits you the, the wrong way or the right way. I just love your music. Like I said, I have listened to the album. I think it's amazing. So, I mean, I love listening to new artists. And so that's why I wanted you on the show and to kind of talk about it. And if you guys have not heard it yet, please make sure after the end of this podcast, you look it up and listen and stream it, please. Because I think you really will understand how amazing Caleb is and your songwriting. I think your lyrical content is really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You're making me want to cry right now. I'm like, I know, I know it's over the phone, but I'm kind of blushing. You just have to, you just have to envision me blushing right now, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It just, it, it means the world. 
Well, see, Caleb, that's one thing I do have in my back pocket. Being African American, if I blush, you wouldn't be able to see it. So, uh, <laughs> so I can hold on to that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. So we have two more questions for you, and then um, Caleb, well, we're going to let Caleb go, and we're going to have him back, you guys, very soon on Space Between, so he can sing live, and you guys will be able to hear these songs. So that would be awesome. So, Caleb, next question I have for you is: if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Caleb? Oh boy. Wow. What would I not say? (laughs) Um, I would just, I would just tell my younger self to not get so tied up in thinking about what other people wanted me to do or, or, uh, just being my own self. It took me a very, very long time to just start becoming, I'm still not even completely comfortable. You know, it's always a journey, but getting comfortable with my own self and not having to be someone different. Uh, that would probably be the biggest piece of advice. Just, uh, you know, so I, I'm a late bloomer in, in that way. And that's a great thing to be killed. I always say, if you think of people in high school or middle school who were very popular and then you look at them now, a lot of it, you'll see they kind of lived their prime during those time frames, And a lot of them haven't been able to keep the same persona that maybe they were able to hold dear to in those years, those pivotal years. But when I go back to high school, I have some really great friends that I still keep in contact with. Uh, I don't talk to everyone as much as I used to, but I went through bullying. I went through negative things. And I just always remember that those people who said things about me or did things to me. And it just was like, you know what? it's okay. And I never held a grudge. That's one thing I can say is like, I knew they were misguided and I've just always been older beyond my years to kind of read things and discern things a lot better um, than most people. And that's because I had Mm -hmm. a lot of great tutelage from my grandpa and my mom and, and my aunt and my cousin. And I just had a lot of great support and my uncle as well. A lot of great support around me. So I always was kind of shielded from a lot of things. So there were a lot of stuff that people were doing in high school. I didn't even know what it was because we just went to church or doing this and doing a lot of different things. And so as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, now I understand what these things are because they try their best to protect me. And yeah, going through negative times in middle school, definitely in high school, it just reminded me of, you know what? You haven't reached your potential yet. You know, you're going through all these challenges for a reason. And when you get to the other side of this, you know, you're right. going to be able to be okay with yourself and be okay with other people that are completely different from you with different values and morals that don't line up with where you're going to be in your future. And so I love that you said, I'm a late bloomer. I mean, I would rather be, find my prime and actually make it there and be successful than to pretend to be something for someone else or get to a point where I'm so overwhelmed with everyone's opinion and I lose sight of myself. Absolutely. I, I think I think it's a brilliant outlook that you had. And I think uh, despite all that stuff, I, I went through the similar things so I can kind of attest to it. But I think that I think that you turned out pretty, pretty well, uh, you know, that you're older beyond your years and things like that, which is pretty prevalent in the couple conversations that we've had. But, yeah, you that like I, I love that you said that those people were just misguided, you know, because there's so many things that that people are just acting out and, and not. Some people aren't very good at controlling their their emotions and 
so it's it's good not to hold that that grudge and and to to put too much uh power in in those times but i think that you i think that you turned out pretty well well i appreciate that yeah i'm all about the energy that people give you and holding on to that versus just spending time with someone if the energy is off then it's going to the time is going to be off for me so i'm always about giving off good energy also giving people grace um i think that's mm. something that can be hard when when you are already feeling a certain way about something or maybe someone has told you something that may or may not be true I'll, i'm a very straightforward blunt person i go to the, the source themselves and i can ask directly in a respectful way but then i'm also willing to actively listen to what someone tells me and not try to perceive it a certain way based on my viewpoint and so I think like the more open you are and as a musician, that's a great thing to have when you're in the studio. Not everyone's going to agree. You may have three songwriters in the room and have different opinions. But when you can just say, hey, this is about the end result, like how is this going to be a great record? And you have to leave your ego aside, you know, and leave it at the door and then just take in just the ability to perform and, and to show yourself and show your heart into the music. And that's what people connect with. Absolutely. So, Caleb, I got one more question for you, and then we're going to let you go. So can you tell our listeners, where can they find you online, and can you tell us what's next for you? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the the most uh, most time I'm, I'm on Instagram at Caleb J.E. Brown as my handle. I'm currently working on my website as well, where you can buy merch and things like that. But there's also a link already uh, in my link tree in the bio and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, Caleb J.E. Brown is my music page. So you can kind of stay up to date there as well. And uh, next project, uh, you know, I just had the single out uh, one month ago, actually, yesterday. Um, so I'd love if you go listen to that. And I'm also working on getting back in the studio. I'm currently writing a song uh, as we speak. And hopefully uh, would like to be in the uh, recording studio by the summer and have an EP out by the end of the year. So that's what's next for me. Well, we really, really appreciate you, Caleb, not only being on this show, but sharing yourself. And I know this can be nerve wracking for many people when they're on a podcast. They're like, what, what to expect? You know, this can be really, really, really <laughs> stressful. And I always say, just, you know, be yourself, tell your truth, speak from your purpose and, and give people your authentic self. And I think we were able to sit front row and be able to learn more about you. And this is definitely a ticket I want to buy again because I feel like you were able to really be yourself and share. And I love your music and will continue to support you and everything you're doing. I just want you to keep succeeding. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love how I worked my nerves. I was so nervous the whole time until we get to the end. And then I'm like, oh, oh, wait, it's over. What are you, what? Are you kidding? So thank you. It's, I mean, it's been a real <laughs> honor. It's been a real, real pleasant experience for me. So the, it's a, all a pleasure on this side. Well, I love that, Caleb. Yeah, I always tell people Black Canvas is like an awkward first date. And I always say space <laughs> between is like the courting period. So like when you get to know someone after a few dates. So we are just so glad that the date wasn't too awkward, that everyone here, they feel like they were able to get their money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I'd love to get onto the courtship as well. So <laughs> Yeah, we're we going to have you. you back on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Caleb. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. We thank you so much, Caleb, for being on the show. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. 
Thank you. And you as well. Thank you, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm not afraid.